Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for refresh and the D stands for discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Don Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Dawn. And today we have a special guest with us. So we are welcoming author Taylor Lunsford. Hey guys. Um, And we're also going to do kind of a theme today. So what we're doing with Taylor is she has brought us her reading recommendations. So we're going to get some great options from her um, and the romance genre. And then Dawn and I, because we kind of gave you all of our recommendations last week in our summer reading guide, we decided we're going to focus on something different um, for summer, which is if you ever had um, the urge to write a book, summer is the perfect time to give that a shot. So Dawn and I are going to um, talk about some of the writing books that we love. If you're just getting started or if you've written a little and you want to refine your craft, Um, So we will cover some writing books after we do Taylor's recommendations. So we have lots to do this episode. So we're really excited to have Taylor here because we're bringing in all the guests and we're going to talk about how you got started writing and what kind of writing books you recommend. And you have some great fiction recommendations. So we're just glad you're here to play with us. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. And Taylor has a new book coming out. So we're going to talk about that too. Um, But just to give you a little information about Taylor, I'm going to give you her bio and you can obviously find her online um, after this, but from the time she figured out how to turn the Disney read along cassette tape over in the dark, Taylor's been addicted to reading both authorized and unauthorized. By the time she was 13, she'd started writing newsies fan fiction and reading romance novels late into the night. A champion multitasker, she's been known to read, write, and watch TV all at the same time, especially if there's an HEA ending involved. In addition to being a frequent stress speaker, she spent the majority of her free time becoming fluent in most dialects of nerdiness, starting with musicals, and is mildly obsessed with all things British, especially the royal family and tennis champ Andy Murray. Growing up with a village of strong women as an example, she doesn't miss an opportunity to weave in community engagement and feminism into each of her books in one way or another. Her heroines are always sassy and smart, and her heroes wouldn't have them any other way. She lives in the DFW area with her faithful writing assistant, Nellie Bly, a rescued Kelpie lab mix, and her own adorable dude. So welcome, Taylor. I love your bio because um, I think all three of us have started writing really early and I was new kids fan fiction, so I'm older (laughs) than you. (laughs) Just a tad. Just a tad, yeah. Um, Well, and I come from the theater background with my daughter and I didn't know there was such a thing as Newsies fan fiction. <laughs> oh yeah, like in the OG days of the internet before like fanfiction.net and stuff. That's where I guess. Yeah, old fan fiction when it was like just sites with pages of like, like you had to search randomly and just stumble yep. upon it. Yeah, yeah. I never posted my uh, New Kids fanfic. I just wrote it for my myself, <laughs> but still have it. <laughs> well, and I think it says something a little bit about um, our differences because You talk about being able to turn over the Disney read-along cassette tape in the dark. I had a cassette tape of George Carlin doing like stand-up comedy. (laughs) (laughs) So I think there's some kind of weird line between like the Disney read-along and the seven words you can't say on television, which was one of his (laughs) big things in the cassette tape I had. So, but we're very glad you're here. 
Well, I'm very glad to be here. (laughs) And you have a brand new book coming out. So can you tell us a little bit about your book and make sure you give us the date of when it's coming out so that everybody can put it on their TBR? All right. So this book is called You've Got Matches. Um, It's actually technically already out on the KISS app, which is an app for romance novels that um, they release the chapters in serialized form. So you like have to unlock it as mm-hmm. you go. Mm-hmm. And at on there, it's swipes, matches, and mistletoe kisses because we released it as a Christmas romance. But they decided because only like the last 25% are at Christmas, mm-hmm. they wanted to rebrand it. So we're releasing it as You've Got Matches. And it's coming out June 15th, I believe, mm-hmm. on Amazon. And it's basically You've Got Mail with online dating. Nice. So the heroine's a chef who, you know, doesn't have time for dating. And her friend secretly signs her up for an app. And meanwhile, this friend is also trying to set up her up with her husband's best friend. And the friend's husband's best friend. But he has a kid and she's just like no to kids she can't have kids she doesn't want to have kids and so it's kind of you know the interplay of in person they think they're all wrong for each other but they figure out through the dating app that they're actually right for each other awesome I love a a dating app and or just online dating storyline anyway because I met my husband online so I definitely am a fan of that, although it was before dating apps because I'm old. (laughs) I met my boyfriend on a dating app. I was actually writing this when we met. Oh, nice. Were you doing research? (laughs) I was going to say, did you tell him, hey, dude, you research him? (laughs) So I had started it after a really bad breakup from my first online dating relationship. Mm. and like the reason I got back on the apps was like okay I'm going to write this book I want to do some research get some good stories if I meet someone great if not you know right I've got some dinners out of it and some Mm -hmm. good stories yep um and then I was sitting in the DMV and matched with this really cute dude who was cooking paella in his garage on in one of his pictures and he's interested in Doctor Who and three years later we just moved into our first, like, officially living together place. Like, we lived together before, but I had moved mm-hmm. in first. Right. So it didn't feel like ours. And yeah, so was, he, he started out as research and ended up as the, <laughs> you know, permanent fixture. That's awesome. That's awesome. Can we talk about how all good romances need to start with? I was sitting in the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only way, I, like, we don't, neither of us remember our, the date of our first date because it was like it took us like three weeks to set up and then he kind of ghosted me a little bit for a while and then came back so he's a zombie as (laughs) I like to call it um so we don't remember the first date of our first or the date of our first Uh, date mm -hmm. but we remember the date that we started talking because it's on my driver's license (laughs) it's forever preserved (laughs) (laughs) yes I'm keeping that license forever Right? right that's amazing well, um, since we're talking about your romance, um, you brought us a couple of romances today of books that you wanted to recommend. Um, so what are you recommending for us first, Taylor? Okay, so um, I kind of wanted to stay on my brand, which is basically like or, or 
Extraordinary Romances, Finding Ordinary People. Um, the first recommendation isn't technically a romance, but the romance, there's a romance subplot in mm-hmm. two of the three POVs. So okay. it could be co- classified that. It's called The Gown by Jennifer Robson. It's a historical, it's one of those historical fictions where there's two historical uh POVs and then a modern POV mm-hmm. of one of the characters granddaughters learning about her grandma's life and the grandma and her best friend who is a holocaust survivor um she was a French Jew but she actually got put in a concentration camp for being part of the French resistance because she hid her Jewish heritage so mm-hmm. she she didn't go for one reason but she went for the other um mm-hmm. and so they both work for Norman Hartnell, um, who was making then Princess Elizabeth's wedding gown as embroiderers. Mm-hmm. So the story is framed around them working on the gown and the granddaughter finding out that her grandma worked on the gown because something happened that grandma never told her anything about her life in England mm-hmm. until she died and the, the granddaughter inherited these gorgeous pieces of embroidery and like what is this? And she's a journalist, so she has to find out. And I just, I love Jennifer Robson books in general, but like the details and the fact that she's highlighting like parts of history that both that women is very female centric space, but also that no one really talks about in general. Like nobody really thinks about the French Holocaust survivors or the people who went to the concentration camps not because they were Jewish, but because they resisted and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm always amazed by stories that take different timelines throughout history and do it because the amount of research that would involve, like as much as a like bookish person as you know, I am like that intimidates me so much that I would get something wrong or like anachronistic or, you know, whatever. Yeah, so. I've done one historical, yeah. <laughs> the amount of research I had to do, I was like, I'm going to stick with contemporary until I can do this full time. <laughs> right. Because even like if you write futuristic, you can like make up stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm all history. for that. <laughs> yeah. I think I could maybe, maybe I could be okay in the Regency period because I've read so much Regency, but yeah. But other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm lost. Yeah. I did one that was uh, Edwardian and oh, the yes. amount of research reading about how to treat typhus and all mm. sorts of stuff, like from, and I was, it was too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be a lot. And I apologize, you guys, if anybody hears whining in the background, Leonard is a regular <laughs> appearance on this podcast. He had his neutering surgery this week. So he's in a little vest and he's very unhappy about it. So if you guys hear him in the background, I'm not torturing him. He's, he's just unhappy. So, and if it's not Leonard, it's Nellie because <laughs> the pain in the behind German shepherds next door bark at everything. And then she wants to go out and tell them to be quiet. Right. Right. And then Dawn Penny's just sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Penny's snoring. And right now the bird is quiet. So maybe I should just talk a whole lot. <laughs> we'll just rotate it. All right. And Taylor's your next recommendation is one that I have on my shelf, but I have not read yet. So tell us about it. So it's the right swipe by Alicia Rye. I love Alicia Rye. I have like the biggest author crush on her, Um, but her, it's a trilogy of online dating books, but this is the first one. And it's the um, developer of the dating app is using her own app for research purposes. 
has like a one night stand with this dude and then turns out he's the nephew of the owner of her biggest competitor and through a series of publicity things they end up kind of like it's a forced proximity with a little bit of second chance romance uh tossed in there but it's really fun and sexy it's a great summer read um Mm -hmm. and it's incredibly diverse cast uh, and there's a lot of like fun it's con- loosely connected to her previous series mm-hmm. but not in a way that you have to have read it right. but it's kind of fun to, if you have read it to see like the little easter egg characters tossed in there and the wider like world building she does yeah and those have really bright covers if i'm remembering right like they're yes, really like fun the, one is the first one is like pot and candy pink and then the next one is like this really pretty aqua color that actually I think is the same as the cover for You've Got Matches. And then the third one is like a bright yellow. Nice. How do you feel about the illustrated covers that has take, have picked have, I know how to use grammar, have taken over rom-com? I don't mind them. Um, I actually am, that's kind of what I had wanted initially for my book when it, when we were first coming up with the cover, but because of the app being fairly new, they at the time they weren't doing a lot of illustrated covers. But when they mm-hmm. decided to take it to print because it's a rom-com, they were like, okay, let's try an illustrated cover. And there were a few growing pains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a podcast, you guys, but she just made a face. <laughs> that was definitely <laughs> growing pains face. <laughs> but we got there in the end. And I, you know, I think, it, it fits the tone and it works. Um, mm-hmm. I love the ones that like the bigger publishers are coming out with like mm-hmm. Sonali Dev's uh, Raji series, the Incense and Sensibility and Pride, Prejudice and Other Flavors. All of those mm-hmm. have gorgeous illustrated covers that don't feel illustrated, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. They're almost like paintings. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just asking because I know that Dawn and I both uh, have different feelings and kind of getting to the point where we have so much saturation of illustrated covers and I have illustrated covers sort they're, they're illustrated, but mine are weird. Like they, mine they're are, more like abstract. Yeah. It's yes. like, it, it was, it was a choice. Like I, you know, they, they let me approve it obviously, but I was like, you know, it's different. It's, you know, kind of in the same vein of illustrated, but it's not like cartoony. So We'll see. And from readers, I get like, it's almost half and half of like, I love these covers and I don't get these covers at all. <laughs> so, you know, for those of you who are re- or listening that are just readers and not writers, covers are marketing material. So <laughs> you're trying to be on a shelf and fit in with the other people, you know, that are writing the same thing as you. So that readers know this is a rom-com. This is a, this, unfortunately, my books don't fit neatly in rom-com. So it's kind of like rom-com adjacent. Um, but yeah, so sometimes authors get a say in it. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes there are growing pains, <laughs> depending. Like when they give you a cover that I think my the next one that comes out for you and no one else, the, the guy in the cover had brown hair when they first sent it to me. And I'm like, um, no, I'm he's a blonde. And you know, I really don't want to have to go change that because I was like, I'll have to write it back in because I'm not having a brown haired guy on the cover and then writing a blonde, but they changed it to blonde. So yeah, I, that was one of the minor issues in mine <laughs> we're gonna have to get that story after we <laughs> get yes. <that> recording. <laughs> all right taylor what is your third uh, recommendation so the third recommendation um because i'm 
trying to put the good vibes out in the universe that someone finally picks up my own contemporary romance royal book Mm -hmm. um and because I just I love Alyssa Cole and her all of her royal series this is the first in her latest trilogy called um How to Catch a Queen and it's like set in this sort of Wakanda like made up African kingdom and the king like marries someone but he only stays only has to stay married to her for three months and then he can decide if he wants to stay married or find a different queen because of reasons reasons romance reasons. <laughs> reasons well it's like it's actually legit like stuff from his father's backstory but um this girl he, that he's currently married to is like basically trained to be a professional princess but she's wicked smart and finds like she bored being shut up in the palace all day so she goes out and meets the people and like sort of becomes their champion and I just I love the activist heroine I love like working to transform traditional structures from the inside and you know just the world building and the amount of stuff she had to keep up with for all the things she came up with for this kingdom as someone who's done it I'm just like props (laughs) Well, those were some great recommendations. So now we are going to move into our writing section. And like I said, um, I don't know if, I don't know when I started writing my novel, if it was in the summer or not. I know I was home with my son, but it's the great time. If you always thought, Hey, I have a story idea or, Hey, I didn't like how this book came out. So I would like to write it differently to give writing a shot. So we are going to talk a little bit about how we first started writing Um, and then we'll give you some recommendations for books that I think can help, even though not everybody thinks you have to read a book first. (laughs) That would be me. (laughs) I'm with Dawn on this one. Ronnie's outnumbered. I know I'm the nerdy writing book person. It's fine. It's fine. So there will be both of you out there, both types. So we will be here for you both. Um, but Taylor, what made you first kind of start writing and decide, I want to write a book? Did you, you talked about in your bio, you did fan fiction, but what kind of transitioned you to, I'm going to write my own original story? So I resisted writing very hardcore. Like I had a super active imagination and my friends and I basically like made up fan fiction games to play on the playground, like with, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars characters, Babysitter's Club, <laughs> like we called it the big game. It's a long story, but it was awesome. (laughs) But I resisted because my dad is a journalist. Mm. He actually won a Pulitzer Prize. Um, Wow. So writing is genetic, Mm -hmm. but because it's what dad did. And I saw how much time he spent working, like constantly working, especially once he started working for the Wall Street Journal and he was based in LA. So he had to keep California hours. I was just Mm. like, I don't want that kind of life. But um, I had an English teacher who gave us some, I don't even remember the writing assignment. I know mine involved something with a prince because <laughs> of course, on sure. <laughs> um, But something just clicked and like the way she responded to it, I was like, okay, I'll give this a try. But I didn't want to like, to kind of practice. I was like, I want to, I'm obsessed with Newsies right now because Newsflash to those who don't know, it was originally a movie with Batman. <laughs> dancing and singing it's awesome so I started there and then I did some original stuff pretty soon after like once the characters started talking at me and wouldn't shut up and I think there's a good tip buried in there is fan fiction is a way a lot of writers start 
like I said, my first book, I was, I don't know, 14, 13 that I wrote was new kids on the block fan fiction. There was a love triangle. Jordan and Joe were involved. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it gives you a place where you already have characters built in. So you kind of have a little bit of that work done and then you can just play with a story and you have kind of the world's already there. Um, so it can be less intimidating to start with fan fiction. So there is no shame in that because there's some people who think fan fiction isn't real writing, la la la. Well, a lot of big giant blockbuster books have come out of mm-hmm. fan fiction. So you can tell those people to shut it. Um, but yeah, I think that's a way to break in, you know, to just kind of getting past the anxiety of it sometimes. Cause it's like, I'm just playing around. I'm just messing with other people's characters. And there's not this like big intimidating factor of like, I am starting my own official novel, you know? Um, I just think it's an easy way to kind of shake off the jitters, but. It's also a good way to get back in. Like if you're having the yips when you're writing or Mm -hmm. you have writer's block, step away from your own characters and go play with somebody else's. Yeah, no, that's a great tip. So, um, and Dawn, we know you are now, you know, an editor, but you are also a writer, which we don't talk about a lot on this show, but um, what made you start writing or did you just jump in? I know you didn't read a big stack of books to write. I, I, know I did, you did not, not read a big stack <laughs> of craft books. I did not. No, I started writing very, very young because um, I think I've mentioned before, um, I am super high communication and I didn't realize that not everybody talked to themselves all the time until I was like 11. And part of me talking to myself was me making up stories. Mm-hmm. And so I would make up stories about what I was going to do, what my friends were doing, what my imaginary friends did. All my stuffed animals had backstories. <laughs> and so I started writing quote unquote books in elementary school and I would put them in a folder with Brad's and they had a cover. And then on the back, they even had a review page so <laughs> that if I let you read it, you got to write your review page in it. And um, that's hilarious. <laughs> I still have some of them somewhere. I need to find them. Um, But I took a detour because um, my parents did not support it, which was kind of weird because they supported me in everything else I did, but they didn't think I could make any money at it basically. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I became a teacher. And so once I started, and I was still always writing on the side And then once I was already married and I discovered this amazing thing called NaNoWriMo, Mm. which is one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. If you don't know what it is, it is National Novel Writing Month, which takes place in November. And your goal is to write 50,000 words in a month. And I was already married and had this discussion with my husband about, hey, so you know how I'm constantly like, over here doing things on the computer I'm gonna try to write a book and he was super supportive because he's amazing and so I started looking at oh I can really do this I really might need to figure out what it is I'm doing so I should probably go to a workshop and then I joined an RWA chapter and I made a great writing friends and so it kind of blossomed from there so If you are looking at the summer as your chance to try to write your first novel, they have Camp NaNoWriMo, which happens in July. So hit me up. I'll tell you all about it. And sheer horror on my face for the, from the slow writer, 50,000 words in a month gives me a panic attack. I can do it. I've done it. Mm -hmm. I was just brain dead for a month after. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've had times in my life when I've written really fast I don't know if I've ever written 
50, I think I've gotten to 40,000 in a month, but yeah, I don't like the pressure of NaNoWriMo, but I know a lot of people really get um, past kind of the jitters of it. Cause you're just writing, writing, writing. And then, you know, you have it done and you have all that support because when you go and join it, all these other writers are doing it with you. Yes. So you can join groups. And if you're a person who likes that kind of um, built-in support or people to, you know, kind of sprint with and stuff, it can be really great. It also teaches you to em- embrace the vomit draft. Yes. Yeah. Just vomit it out. Yeah. And I have never been able to embrace that still. <laughs> so, which is another PSA for the, this writing thing. I can't do a full writing workshop because I do those, but, um, but everybody has a different method. Everybody's going to you know, come to it a different way. And you're going to take a while to figure out, especially if you're new, figure out what is your style. If you can do a vomit draft, meaning you just put the words on the page and go back and fix it. Or if you're an edit as you go person, um, which is what I do and which people say, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, I've had a pretty decent career for over a decade um, editing as I go. When I'm done with the book, I'm done with the book pretty much on the first draft because I've edited the whole time. So um, you don't know what you're going to be until you try it though, because I have tried other methods and still I'm tweaking my method. But like I said, I wrote my first novel um, when I was in, you know, 13 or 14. But when I officially started writing as an adult, um, I was home with my son. I had been working since I got out of college. And so this is the first time I was staying at home. I had an infant for the first time, um, which is exhausting and scary and all of those things. But it's also very mind numbing because it's the same routine every day. It's feeding and playing and, you know, and you kind of do this over and over again. And I was like, I need something to stimulate my brain. And so I actually got back. So when I got back into reading, because after college I had gone to graduate school and all of that, and so much reading and work and studying and research papers and all that, that I had gotten away from reading fiction. Um, so this brought me back and I started with Twilight. Um, so it was, you know, my son was born in the end of 2007. So I think Twilight came out in 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. And I was completely hooked. I had never read, I didn't grow up reading romance. I think I've mentioned that on here before. I really hadn't had any exposure to romance beyond YA. So this was, I mean, Twilight is YA, but it kind of gave me that taste of like, oh, there are books out there that are like all about relationships and falling in love and also vampires and wolves. Um, And so that got me reading again. And then I was like, you know what? Like I always wanted to be a writer when I was younger and I'm not doing anything right now when he's napping. So maybe I should try it. Um, And the first book I did write was a YA paranormal, which no one will ever see. Um, (laughs) we're, we're going to get our hands on it one day that, and I happen to know that the new kids on the block fan fiction from the teenage years still exists somewhere. Yes, it does. I have a full copy printed out still. At some point we, those are going to be leaked. I'm just saying. And when it happens, it wasn't me. Right. Oh, my, my stuff is still on fanfiction.net. You just have to know where to look. (laughs) See, I never posted mine. So it was all secret, which kind of goes to the effect I was thinking when Dawn said she put a place for reviews in the back of her books it like reflects our personalities if you wanted people to read it and tell you about it and talk to you about it and I was like no one's reading this at all this is just for me (laughs) introvert versus extrovert um but speaking of Twilight really quick before we get to our book recommendations this weekend because Leonard is home from surgery and I was stuck just kind of sitting with him um Tubi right now T-U-B-I streaming has all the Twilight movies streaming for free So I was like, you know, I'm just going to put these on in the background um, while I read. 
and I haven't watched him probably in like, I don't know, eight years or something. It's been a long time. And um, so I put them on and of course I didn't get any reading done because I was like watching it. And so I've watched all of them except Breaking Dawn 2 in the last three days. <laughs> this is my life right now. <laughs> but um, I have had a change of heart, you guys. This is a big news, <laughs> big news thing. I was team Edward and I have fought with Dawn about being team Edward for years because she's team Jacob. And now I rewatched him and now I'm older and more mature, I think. And I am team Jacob now. <laughs> She has come to the dark side. I was team Edward. Now I'm team. You both deserve better than her. I agree. <laughs> I had the same feeling. I, I write movie reviews in my, I have a notebook because I put them in my newsletter. And I was thinking, I really don't like Bella. Like she's annoying. And like, she's going to give up her whole life for this guy. And then, you know, like, I'm going to let this baby destroy me from the inside. Who cares if I die? Like, I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like, go live your life without dudes. yeah well I was Bella's age when I read the book so like oh. just a year or two older mm-hmm. so at the time it was just so romantic and mm-hmm. now it's like girl no <laughs> well yeah. and I was firmly team Jacob I was team Jacob from the beginning yes you were it has been noted and, and marked yes down. <laughs> and it's been noted but I have to say it did kind of break my heart at what they did to Jacob in the end like he gets the girl but really how long does he have to wait like 25 years for her and it's super creepy yeah I was not a fan of that I was also teaching kids that age when all of that was going on and all of those girls were so involved in it and the one book where Edward is gone for like 90% of the book Mm -hmm. eclipse Yes, that one. One of my girls, I was like, I knew he wasn't. Or no, actually... New Moon. New Moon. Yes, something is New Moon. Yeah. I was like, I knew he wasn't actually gone, and she's like, Miss, how did you know that? And I'm like, because I'm not 16. <laughs> I knew, I knew. Yeah. So, all right, enough about Twilight. I just had to get it out and get it off my chest um, about switching teams. But uh, now we're going to talk about some of the writing books we recommend. If you are the type of person who would like to read a writing book. <laughs> so if you're not, you can fast forward to our rad reading recs. But um, my first, I'm going to go first, but we'll kind of bounce back and forth. So my first one that I tell everybody was kind of like the book I still go to. I have it on my shelf. It's all marked up. I use it to help teach one of the classes I teach. By the way, if you're interested in any of my classes, um, I do plan on offering some this summer. Um, you can go to fearlessromancewriting.com and, and they're check- really great and you should totally take them. <laughs> oh, thank <Absolutely>. you. <laughs> thank y'all. Um, we have a lot of fun doing them. So I teach how to write romance and I use save the cat by Blake Snyder. So that's the book I'm recommending. Now this is a screenwriting book. So when you see it in the store, there's going to be a couple of versions. There's save the cat writes a novel, save the cat writes for TV, save the cat, blah, blah, blah. I like the original save the cat it's for screenwriting, but the plot structure works in a novel for me. So if you are the kind of writer who doesn't want to plot far ahead. So in writing world, we have plotters and pantsers and combinations in between. Um, I am what's called a pantser, which means you write by the seat of your pants. I cannot plot far ahead. I just, it blocks me. I feel like I've already told the story and then I can't do it. Other people, they can't write unless they have it fully um, fleshed out. And we can talk about what Don and Taylor are as well, but This one worked for my pantsing brain because it's really simple story beats. So it gives you what you should have in your opening and what you should have at your midpoint. And, you know, 
I think I forgot how many beats it is, but it's 15, I think. Um, and so if you're looking for a general structure to work from without uh, having like plotting out each chapter, it is my go-to book and has been for a long, long time. So that's Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. Are y'all plotters or pantsers? I'm primarily a plotter, although mm -hmm. I have run into the problem actually with You've Got Matches, where because I plotted it out so well, I thought I had written the entire book until my editor came to me asking for the full manuscript because we all thought she had it because of the synopsis being so detailed. Hmm. And then I had to pull a NaNoWriMo in September. Wow. <laughs> Fun times. That's some serious plotting right there. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I can only plot like four or five scenes in advance. And sometimes I have the whole thing plotted out. It just depends. Well, and I work with authors who are on every spot on that spectrum I work with the authors who have to have every single thing like you would assume they have written the entire manuscript and then I work with the ones who are like okay these are their names that's what I know <laughs> um when I was writing myself I was absolutely a pantser I absolutely like one of my NaNoWriMo's I distinctly remember I was like three chapters in and this guy blew up a car with his hand and I was like oh they're superheroes. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> which, which absolutely makes Ronnie's eyes start twitching. <laughs> and I did not, I have to come out and say, these books are great and they're a great guide. You can just sit down and start writing. If you get overwhelmed by the idea of I have to read all of these first, you do not. Mm -hmm. See, I fall in this middle of the spectrum. Like I don't typically read the writing books, but if I'm stuck, I inevitably find myself going to Ronnie's website and seeing what new book she's added to the list. Because <laughs> she's always got the suggestions for them. Yeah, I do find them inspiring. So I always end up reading more of them, even though, you know, I feel like I have my system sort of worked out, but there's always something new to add. And I'm trying to think back when I started writing the first book, I don't know if I like read the books first, but I think I went to some workshops. Like I think I joined the local RWA and I went to DFWCon um, just to kind of, get a general idea. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes if you read, if you read all these books first, before you even put a word on the page, I think you can actually intimidate yourself out of writing. So yes. you have to be careful of that too, because you can, when you read a book about writing, it can feel overwhelming. Like I can't do all of this, but you realize sometimes intuitively, if you, if you're a reader, you know, a lot of story um, beats and story plot points that you don't think, you know, until you start writing it out. Um, so another quick recommendation for if you are into pantsing and not plotting is story trump structure by Stephen james so i have so many page flags in this book they're still there so i might take a picture and put it on our instagram it's like a rainbow you know on the edge of the book um because there were so many quotes i liked in this one but it was one of the first books i read that validated pantsing as a writing method because almost every writing book is like this is how you plot um and i am character driven so i needed something to say it's okay you know even though I didn't need permission, but I kind of needed permission because I like to do things the right way. You know, it's my personality type. Um, so it was nice to have something that gave techniques to help you write a story without mapping it out. So that is Story Trump Structure by Stephen James. I have that one too. I'm pretty sure I got that as a re recommendation for you and it is full of post-it notes. We'll have to put that up like you said on our social media. Here's, here's Ronnie's, here's Dawn's. <laughs> Taylor, do you have that one? We can throw your picture. I don't this. have the physical copy. I have it on Kindle. 
Okay. And it's got a million and 12 highlights. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's a good one. So Dawn, do you want to give us one? So it's not just me stacking people up. <laughs> well, I was going to mention with Save the Cat. Um, I love Save the Cat. I use uh, versions of that with my clients a lot. But a great compliment to that is Romancing the Beat by Gwen Hayes. So if you are writing romance, it breaks down those moments for you the way Save the Cat does. Yeah, that's the one that I like primarily use, like just kind of keep it by my side, like a, like a little reference guide. And I, mm -hmm. if you work in Scrivener, she actually has like a Scrivener template that you can import into your Scrivener and it gives you all the beats with brief reminders of the structures so that you can go through. And that has helped me so much because sometimes I'll find myself going off into never, never land. And then I look back, I was like, okay, I need to get to this point. Yes. I find that super helpful too. I don't use um, the romancing the beat one, but I use Scrivener and Scrivener is um, for those of you who are unfamiliar, it's like a, it's a writing program similar to like a word um, like a Microsoft word, but it's specifically for writers. So you can break things down into chapters and you can um, divide it up. And I put the save the cat beats in mind. So I know like at the midpoint at the 50% point of a book, you're supposed to have like a false victory or a false defeat. So in, in the, what I use, so I know if I'm getting to that 50% mark and I'm not there yet at that point, then I need to speed things up or I, something's missing. So it really can help to put that in there. And I do highly recommend Scrivener. I'm a big fan. But another one that I keep on my, like within reach when I'm writing that I still go to is um, the Emotional Wound Thesaurus, A Writer's Guide to Psychological Trauma by Angela Ackerman and Bega Puglisi. Um, I, they have a whole series of, um, thesauri, <laughs> thesauruses, what is the plural? <laughs> um, I, I, I want it to be thesauri because I yeah. just think that's the coolest word ever. We're going with that. It's thesauri now. Um, but so they have ones for setting and for emotions and, you know, all kinds of different things, but this one's specifically for the wound that your character has before they show up on the page, what has scarred them in their life. And because I am a character driven writer and I'm extremely into psychological trauma for my characters, <laughs> She likes to torture them a lot, y'all. You're mean. Yeah. I was a therapist, y'all. It's I just that's where I come from. So um, this gives you like ideas for what the wound can be, but then what happens if, for instance, this person had, you know, an addict for a parent? Like, what would that look like? What kind of things would that could that do to your, you know, personality or your fears, your anxieties? Um, and it's just it's alphabetical, so you can flip through it. Don, I know you're a fan of these in general too. Like, I don't know about specifically this one, but in Taylor, you're nodding your head. So y'all have the sore well, eye. <laughs> like, like I said, I got most of my writing recommendations <laughs> from you. So like, I'm the I'll book pusher, you guys. Yes, <laughs> yes. <this works. laughs> so yeah, I love these. I love using with my clients and I know that we're all about books, but I do have to absolutely give a shout out to their website. They have, they being Becca and Angela, um, have a website called One Stop for Writers, and it has access to all of the thesauri, and it has <laughs> character building sheets and where you can keep track of your wounds and all of these great resources for writers that I highly recommend. Then quickly, I'm going to go through the, some of the rest of these just so that we don't, you know, wear y'all out. But um, if you're brand new to writing, so the ones I just talked about are the ones that I use still, like that's kind of like my go-to still. But if you're like, coming to this completely green and you want some basics covered first, um, you could take my class, but uh, 
If not, um, plot and structure by James Scott Bell will give you the basics of three-act structure, um, which even if you pants your book, even if you're writing you know, off the cuff, you should understand three-act structure. So a lot of us got this in school, but if you need a refresher, um, it's a really good one that just kind of goes over the basics. If you're a plotter, you'll even like it more because James Scott Bell is a plotter. So he's coming from that perspective. Um, and Dawn, did you have something to say about plot and structure? You have this one, right? Right. I did. Um, if James, okay, first of all, every time we talk about James Scott Bell, we always say his entire name. I really want to know if there's people in the world who just like call him Jim or something, you know, because I would be like, I would be like, no, his name is James Scott Bell. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that's a lot to say, but you've got to get the whole name in there. It's like he's assassinated a president. Like we know, he has a companion book kind of to this called Superstructure, which oddly enough is a super thin book. Like you could read it in like two hours and it really breaks down all of the different steps and beats clearly. So plot and structure gives you the basics of the three act structure and then superstructure kind of takes it a little bit deeper. Yeah. And he also has one called the art of war for writers or something like that. I'd have to, it's on my shelf. It's a little red book, but it's kind of like inspiration and it's little like snippets of things. So it covers a bunch of different topics. I really like that one too. Um, and then if you ever hear writers talk about GMC, it's not about a car. Um, it is goal, motivation and conflict. And so if you want to build good characters, you need to know these things. Um, and Gold Motivation Conflict by Deborah Dixon is kind of like the classic one that people recommend. Um, it'll teach you the basics of giving each character those three things. So what do they want? Why do they want it? And why can't they get it? That's Gold Motivation Conflict. And Dawn, you said the physical copy of this book isn't available anymore. That is sad. Right. <laughs> I like having physical copies because mm-hmm. I market them and I put post-it notes in them and highlight and that kind of thing. And I've looked for this one frequently. I think you can get it on Amazon, but it's like $40 for oh, the like sucks. physical copy. So you can get it on Kindle. It's not quite the same, <laughs> but highly support this recommendation. Also, Ronnie teaches the classes on story structure. I have a class on conflict. So yeah. we'll put links in the show notes so that if yes. anybody's interested. Um, and then if you're just looking for inspiration to get yourself writing, which I think these are some of the best to read first because it just makes you excited to write like, oh, it's, you know, it stirs that creative part of you. So the classic is On Writing by Stephen King. I think this one totally holds up. He wrote it a long time ago, but I still get stuff from it. It's one that I have reread. Um, And it's interesting too, because it's, if any of y'all remember when he got hit by a car, he was writing this book when that happened. Um, So it's like a part in the middle that talks about it and everything, but really interesting kind of autobiographical stuff, but it's just like, the joy of writing and Stephen King obviously loves writing because he's still doing it and really, really doesn't have to, he could just right. be counting his money, you know? So, um, if you haven't read that one, highly recommend it. And then my last one in this section is light the dark writers on creativity, inspiration, and the creative process edited by Joe Fassler. So this one's like an essay collection. So it's got essays from Stephen King, Elizabeth Gilbert, Amy Tan, Roxanne Gay, Neil Gaiman. I mean, the list goes on. It's like lots and lots of people, but this is one you can jump in and out of. I had put it by my bedside table when I was reading it and I would just read one essay a night. Um, And it's just different people who have been really good at writing and, you know, have a great career and giving their in kind of insight into writing. So if you just need a little inspiration, a little spark, um, I really liked that one. So well, and Janet Ivanovich has one that's similar to Stephen King's. It's called How I Write. 
And it kind of fascinated me when I first started writing. I think it was one of the first books I actually read on writing because seeing her process compared to Stephen King's process, because I've read both of them, very different. And in, and of course, it's Janet Ivanovich. She writes the Stephanie Plum series. It's got her kind of conversational tone in it too. And then Dawn, I think you had one more that you wanted to share with us. Well, actually I have two. One, if you are interested in writing suspense at all, even if you're just looking at like a romance with suspense elements or something like that, Mastering Suspense Structure and Plot by Jane Cleland is great. It's very conversational. It lays things out for you in a very simple way for you to understand. And then I also wanted to talk about the Now Write series which is books that they have like now write, now write mysteries or now write romance. And they have actual writing exercises in there. And they've got suggestions from published authors who tell you how they use this. And then it's got an exercise to kind of get your brain going. So I would suggest that. The one that I have is Now Write Mysteries and it is edited by Sherry Ellis and Lori Lansom. I don't know if the other ones are edited by different I have, people. I have one or two of those and I'm trying to think, I'm going to turn and look on my shelves, but I have two of them and they are both really good. I'll, I'll put in the show notes, which ones I have. Um, I don't think I have the romance one, if there's a romance one, but I have other ones and I like writing exercises. Sometimes it's good for writer's block to kind of just go through. Um, there was one, I think it's in one of those books that it was take your playlist, you know, on your Spotify or whatever and shuffle it. And then the first 15 songs that come up are the titles of your chapters go and I love that because music inspires me a lot like I'll hear a song and I'm like yeah I need to write a book with this about this character who's you know um whatever so if you like that kind of thing to kind of stimulate your creativity um Taylor do you do any writing exercises do you like that kind of thing well the song thing made me laugh because I it's now out of print but I had a book series where each song each book was entitled inspired by a Lady A song. Oh, cool. Formerly Lady Antebellum. Mm-hmm. And eventually those were, gonna, were going to re-release. But yeah, I, nice. I primarily, my inspiration usually comes from like characters and like what ifs. Like my first book was actually, we were talking, I think it was um, Kinsey and Wyatt's book mm-hmm. that you wrote. Mm-hmm. Like I got inspired by my characters when we were talking about your, oh. like what you were developing and having all those like changes that you had to make to Kenzie's character nice I'm glad my my struggle inspired you (laughs) (laughs) well it did so that was my first book and then like watching tennis I got I was like what if I made up a story about a tennis player and a reporter and that's how ideas are I think for anybody listening if you're like writers have some special secret sauce or whatever no like we just kind of pay attention to like when we get that little like huh, that's interesting. Or that made mm-hmm. me think about something or feel something or um, whatever. You just chase those. That's all you do. Or you collect them, like have a place that you can write those ideas down because a lot of times it'll be three or four separate things that I write down that eventually come together for a full book, but they're like not related. So it's like this, I'm interested in, like right now I'm interested in writing about a beach town. So I've just written down beach town, like, okay, so what would happen there? And then other things will come to me and I'll add to it. It's like, you know, kind of picking up scraps. So chase those um, inspirations when they come to you. But um, okay, I think that we have stacked everybody's list. If they want to write, we have overwhelmed them completely. 
<laughs> well, and you can always hit us up on social media for more suggestions, because trust me, this is just a tiny, tiny, tiny part of Ronnie's list. Yeah. I have two shelves behind me, you guys. I'll, I'll maybe I'll post a picture of just my writing guides. Like these two right here, just writing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just, sometimes when I'm in writer's block, I have to pick those up because it's like, oh yeah, I do like writing. I don't hate this. So I need to remind you need a reminder hundred mm-hmm. percent that and writing conferences will do that. Like I'll come back from like back in the day, like romantic times. So I'll mm-hmm. come back all excited. Like I've got all these ideas. I can do this. And then that lasts maybe three weeks. And then you're like, <laughs> I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Then you hit the messy middle of the book you're writing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I miss writing conferences. That's one thing I think you know, with COVID, so many of us have missed out on that. We just got inspired, not just like going to workshops and stuff, but being around other writers, being around other people who are creative. Um, So if you are in your life and you are the only writer or the only person that has the aspiration to write, go find a group, go find people online if you want to, or in person. Um, Writers are generally really welcoming and shy. (laughs) So it's not intimidating to walk into a writing group. Usually Dawn is the exception. She welcomes everybody. (laughs) But there's always one of me. Usually the writers groups always have somebody like me who wants to make sure that you're comfortable and we don't mean to be scary. I promise. (laughs) We just want to make sure that you're okay. And you know, you're welcome here. Right. Well, and the online writing community is great. That's Mm -hmm. how I ended up meeting Ronnie was we connected on Twitter and then it turns Mm -hmm. out I live in the DFW area too. And right. You know, 10 some odd years later. Right. Many years. I feel like we've known each other a long time. So basically since I got out of college, I think or like yeah. around that time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a long time. I've met really, really great friends online. So the online writing community is wonderful and specifically the romance community um, is extra great. So I'm a little biased to our romance community, but um, all right. Speaking of, you know, books and all of the fun inspiration we're getting, how about we talk about what we're reading right now so we can give y'all something besides writing books <laughs> this week um don what are you reading right now okay so <laughs> i'm reading another sarah kate book because evidently she has become <laughs> an addiction now and i realize they're not for everybody but i'm loving them so on one of our previous episodes i talked about reading gravity which was a love triangle and this and i was i was very tempted to go find out who she chose because I was trying to get to the end of the book and I wasn't sure who I wanted her to pick and everybody kept going oh she chose the right person I have opinions about that but so this book is <laughs> she's called... team Jacob again probably <laughs> <Right>. yes <laughs> clearly this this book is free fall by Sarah Kate and this is the story of the person she didn't choose hmm. so the the and I don't want to give anything away but the person that she didn't choose is dealing with the fact that they were not chosen and it's how they're going to find their happily ever after. So I'm about 60% in. So would you warn people if they want to read the series, not to read the summary of this book, because it'll give away who she picked. Yes. If you want to use the series, if, if, if you want to read the series, yes, the, the summary of this absolutely gives away who she picked. And if there, I would have some trigger warnings for you for both of the books. Okay. So if you're interested in them, message me. I'll be happy to tell you. Yeah. And you guys, anytime we talk about a book that we say there are trigger warnings and we don't necessarily give all the warnings, you can always go on Goodreads and look up the book. People are really good about listing 
detailed trigger warnings. So if you have any sensitivities to anything, um, I recommend doing that. But uh, Taylor, what are you reading right now? So I just finished rereading The Gown again because I started listening to it because I had to drive into the office and driving mm-hmm. from my home to Dallas. It's a long drive. Yeah. <laughs> then I got it from the library because I listened to your library episode and <laughs> nice. used your tips and tricks. Um, so I finished that this morning, but I'm also rereading Incense and Sensibility by Sonali Dev because her next book comes out tomorrow mm-hmm. and um, the Emma Project, but they're really fun. It's a Desi family. Each book is loosely based on a Jane Austen plot obviously by the title but this one has a really great story centered around like trauma and therapy and just like learning to let go but also to embrace your pain and like learn to work through it instead of ignoring it yeah and so these are based on or influenced by Jane Austen novels but contemporary settings yes 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 yeah they're all set in like contemporary California Nice. Do you find yourself a rereader? Like in general, are you a person who rereads a lot? Oh yeah. Really? My, so I have a, rather than keeping a writing journal, I have a writing spreadsheet that I got Mm -hmm. off of the smart bitches website. Mm -hmm. And I added a column to mark like which were rereads and which were not. And this year thus far has been a lot of rereads. Really? Do you find like it's comfort, like comfort reading because you've read it before? Yes. Okay. That and the pandemic publishing schedule Mm -hmm. has disrupted like the fact that usually there's at least one one or two books a month from authors I want to read right that come out and like I would reread you know previous books in the series but I would still be adding in new stuff but because Mm -hmm. everybody's books are delayed it's like twiddling my thumbs I'm like okay I'm gonna go reread this Nora Roberts or Mm -hmm. I'm gonna reread half of the Bridgerton series again or you know what have you I'm fascinated by rereading because I know like so many people do it and I, I, I don't. And like, I want to know why I don't. And I don't know if it's because I'm like, just trying to get through all the books I have, but like, but I mean, obviously I rewatched Twilight this weekend, all of them. So like, I am a rewatcher. So why am I not a rereader? But I find that really interesting, but yeah. You do have a lot to get through. Plus you also <laughs> have your writing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel like I should be a rereader and I'm not, I don't know. Dawn, you're not a rereader either. Are you? I'm not really. The things that I find myself rereading are things that were comfort reads for me when I was very young. Mm-hmm. Like I have reread the secret garden. I have reread a wrinkle in time and the outsiders enough that I could probably recite them from memory. But most of the reading I do as an adult, no, I'm not a rereader on it. And I probably should reread because my memory is so crappy that I'd be like, I don't remember any of this anyway. It's brand new. <laughs> Um, right now I am listening to one thing and reading another. So I'm listening to bomb shelter by Mary Laura Philpot. This is an essay collection slash memoir. Um, it's about her teenage son getting diagnosed with epilepsy. And then she mixes in other essays. A lot of them are about parenting. Um, but I loved her previous book, which is going to be my rad wreck this week. So I'm not going to say it yet, but she's really easy to listen to. So I prefer, even though I got the book um, through book of the month, like I have a physical copy, I got the audiobook from the library because I, I rather hear her tell the story because she narrates it and it's her personal story. And it's basically, you know, about how you have your life kind of going along and you think things are going to continue along in a certain way. And then 
one night, you know, she wakes up hearing banging in the bathroom and her son is having a massive seizure um, and out of the blue. So I usually can't read books that have illness in them. I have lots of my trigger warning stuff. I can't do like cancer books and stuff, but so far this one isn't like that. Like I'm able to read it. So if you have sensitivities about that so far, this one's okay, but there's a lot of humor and lightness in it. In addition to, it's not like super sad essays or anything. It's like, you know, if you were sitting down with your girlfriends at dinner and talking about what's going on in your life, like she has that kind of conversational writing style and I really am enjoying it. And then reading, I'm reading the rest of the story by Sarah Desen or Desen. Um, I got in the mood for this because I watched her Netflix or the book. That's the movie, the Netflix movie that's based on her book along for the ride. Um, so if, if you follow my newsletter or subscribe to it, I talked about along for the ride, really cute movie. If you're looking for a summer YA movie, it was really well done. And I read the book long enough ago that I was like, I don't remember what happened. So I can watch the movie. (laughs) It's all new. Um, but it made me want to go back and read more of her books because the only book I've read by her is Along for the Ride. So this book is about Emma slash Sailor. She goes by two different names. Um, she goes to a lake area in a small town where her mom grew up to spend a few weeks with family she hasn't seen since she was little um, so that her dad can go on his honeymoon. Her mom had addiction issues with alcohol and she has passed away um, a couple of years before. So she kind of lost touch um, with this side of the family. So she's kind of going to this place where they know her through her mom um, but and only when she was little. So she kind of feels like a stranger in a strange land. Um, but I feel like the title of the book is called the rest of the story. I've, I'm only about 20 or so percent in, um, I feel like she's going to find out about, you know, her mom's background and things that she didn't know about her past. So, so far so good. Um, but if you, you know, like a YA teen novel, Sarah Dessen has a lot of them. So, um, that is the rest of the story by Sarah Dessen. And that leads us to our rad Rex of the week. So this is our top, top picks that we put on a list that you can find on our website at um, radreadingpodcast.com. And Dawn, what are you bringing today for the Rad Wreck? I am so excited about this one. This is my Rad Wreck of the Week. You see, the, the bird's excited too. <laughs> my Rad Wreck of the Week is Tinderbox by Rachel Grant. And it's the first book in the, her Flashpoint series. And Jessica Snyder mentioned this when we had Jessica Snyder and Stacey Woodson on, mm-hmm. on our previous episode. And so I downloaded it and was just having a day and was like, I'm just going to read like the first three pages. And then four hours later, I was like, oh yeah, I have a job. I have things <laughs> that we're supposed to get done today. Um, it is about Morgan and Morgan is working as an archeologist in Africa. And she makes this discovery that the site is attacked by rebels. And so she has part of the discovery with her. She's trying to make it to an American military base because the American embassy has been shut down and she gets stopped by Pax and another soldier a couple of miles from the base. And they're telling her she's got to get out of the car. They're asking for her passport and there's a bomb under her car and everything just takes off from there. Great tension. It's a great um, romance in it because the guy who is telling her, you have to get out of the car. I've got to see your passport. He ends up later having to be assigned to protect her because she's, you find out she's a general's daughter. Hmm. And even though she's not, she's there as a civilian, her dad has the power to be like, y'all need to make sure my daughter doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. So And there's a strong conflict of why they can't actually be together. So yes, I loved it. Read it straight through. And that is Tinderbox by Rachel Grant. 
Awesome. When they talk to you about plotting, they talk about putting a ticking clock. Not when they put a ticking bomb. <laughs> yes, immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, my recommendation is completely different. So like I said, it's the other essay collection by Mary Laura Philpot. It's called I Miss You When You Blink. Um, and I also recommend this one on audio. So I'm just going to read the back what it's about because it's hard to summarize um, essay collections. And I think I've mentioned this one in a previous episode when we did nonfiction, um, but it wasn't on the rad rec list. So I want to make sure it's on there because I really loved it. It's acclaimed essay essayist. That's a hard word to say, you guys. <laughs> acclaimed essayist and bookseller Mary Laura Philpot presents a charmingly relatable and wise memoir and essays about what happened after she checked off all the boxes of her successful life's to-do list and realized she might need to reinvent the list in herself. She thought she'd crack the code. Always be right and you'll always be happy. See, if y'all y'all both know me, so y'all know why this was like, oh yeah, I need to read <laughs> this one. I need it's that a, list. It's a high strung to-do list person. Mm -hmm. Um but once she completed her life's to-do list, job, spouse, house, babies, check, she found that instead of feeling content and successful, she felt anxious, lost, stuck in a daily grind of overflowing calendars, grueling small talk, and sprawling traffic. She'd done everything right, but she felt all wrong. What's the worst failure, she wondered, smiling and staying the course or blowing it all up and running away? Are those the only options? So the essays cover a whole bunch of different things about life and parenting and being an overachiever um, and having anxiety about that. So... I resonated with a lot. If you are not that personality type, I don't know how much um, the book would resonate, but I have a feeling there's lots of you out there who can relate. Um, so that is I Miss You When You Blink by Mary Laura Philpott. And there's a good connection between the two books, that one and Bomb Shelter. She references this book and I'm not going to spoil it, but I was like, whoa, like in the Bomb Shelter when I read it and she referenced it. So, okay. And I just realized as I was talking because Dawn was waving at me. <laughs> That I'm saying I miss you when you blink. It's I miss you when I blink by Mary Lou Philpot. So I put it wrong in my notes. So I apologize for that, but we will put the link in the show notes as always. And you can find the books before we wrap up today. Taylor's not bringing us a red wreck because she's bringing us her red wreck, which is her book. Um, so where can everyone find you and go buy your book um, when it comes out? So give us your, your info. So uh, on pretty much all social media, I'm at writer Tay. And you can find my website at taylormlunsford.com. I have a bunch of my own recommendations actually on the website, um, especially like if you're just trying to get into the romance genre. I have like my gate, my gateway drugs, I call them <laughs> with like, if you're a nerd, if you're into sports, if you're into dark thriller suspense, like I have all of that and plus some other great recs. Um, and you can find info about all three of my books, Fair Game, Love Set Match, and uh, You've Got Matches on the website. Awesome. We'll make sure to put links to all that. And now I'm going to have to go check out Taylor's recommendations <laughs> because I, I need those lists. Um, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. We talked about so many books today, y'all. So thank you for listening. And if you are going to try to write your novel this summer, let us know. We are happy to encourage you. Definitely check out Camp NaNoWriMo for some encouragement there. And you can find us on all social media at, at Rad Reading Podcast. And be sure you pop over to our Facebook page if you have any recommendations of writing books that we didn't get to today. And we want to thank Taylor for coming and joining us, even though, you know, we're not quite good at having guests yet. <laughs> we're still learning our way through it. So she uh, was patient with us and we really appreciate it. So thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. And we hope every book you read is Rad Reading. Bye. Bye. Bye.